This presentation is from Design Research 2017, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Um, so my name's uh, Matt Gould. I run a small UX agency in New Zealand called Lushai, and I also run a training initiative Lushai has called uh, UX Gym. And over the course of working in those two things, I've seen literally hundreds and hundreds of people try user experience for the very first time. Um, and what I'm going to talk about today is uh, we see often common, uh, I guess, instincts and behaviours that people have the very first time they go in that sometimes trips them up. And we're going to share uh, what those are and some things you can do to help mitigate them. So a little bit of um, context around what we're going to talk about. Um, so first of all, everything we talk about today, um, I wanna, when we're talking about good results, what we mean is uh, takeaways that we can actually then go and use in uh, design. So for good results, we say it's data that is actually used to make design decisions. Um, and to break that down just a little bit, it's authentic and comparable. Um, <laughs> shush! <laughs> so um, by authentic, I mean that we've got a lot of confidence in those results, and that's obviously a real, um, quite a thorny thing to deal with. And in my very last slide for my big finish, I'll talk a little bit more about that. And comparable means that it's behavior that gets us enough insights that we see in more than one research session that we obviously build a big enough sample size that we can have a little bit of confidence in it. Um, also, it's, we're only going to do insights that directly influence design, so that is insights where um, we've seen that uh, uh, actual better outcome has happened through design decisions that have been made based on that insight, so we've got some confidence there. The actual data itself, um, where it comes from, um, oh, and this is the other one, the real world. So everything that you see today isn't just behavior we see in our courses. We also do um, training with um, real people and real organizations. We do capability building and design programs, and we send them out to do user research. And so to get into this talk, it had to be instincts and behavior uh, that we also see have the same effect in the real world. So it should all be real. The data itself, where it comes from, uh, most of it comes from our UX gym courses, uh, which is uh, free, or not free, but uh, reasonably priced um, <laughs> public courses around user experience design, two courses in particular, um, the Introduction to UX and a dedicated user research course. So um, we, in this course, we will get people to uh, go out there and do observational research and user interviews, uh, and that is then uh, built into a proper UCD process. And to complement that, we also, uh, as I said, do capability building through our, with our regular uh, clients through Lushai. So I'm trying to rush through this bit so I can get to the actual good stuff. Okay, so first of all, this is the first thing that we realized really early on uh, doing our UX gym courses um, and that we see a lot with our real clients too, which is you're not as prepared as you think you are. So I'm not saying that, um, I'm not talking about going in knowingly unprepared or wanting to do it go by gut instinct or wing it. I'm talking about when people think they're prepared and as a rule of thumb for new user researchers and to be honest for senior user researchers as well, um, however well prepared you are, it's never enough. So we see this all the time where um, people, um, they think they've got their rundown of what's going to happen, they think they've got all their gear, uh, but they go in and they're low on memory, they're low on batteries, they bought the wrong interview notes, um, and then basically it all goes <laughs> pear-shaped. Um, so what we try and... Uh, so we do one of two things. Sometimes in our courses we'll let people have a bit of a train, cr train crash just so they can experience what it's like, and then we'll give them a little bit more structure. For our real clients, we can't do this. So um, what, how, 
for brand new researchers that are going in for the first time, we really uh, put a lot of emphasis for them on getting prepared. So if you guys are junior researchers or you're doing research for the first time, when you think you've got it sussed and you're about to go out, I'd say go over it all one more time, add triple redundancy for your tech, um, go over your scripts, and just make sure everything makes sense. So just to break this down a little bit, um, the two things that make a real big difference is um, having a plan. Uh, so it kind of sounds obvious, but it's, I'd probably say 80% of our first-time user researchers don't really have a plan even though they think they do. So particularly for new researchers, a plan is everything from what you're going to say when you go in, uh, the fact that you're going to get your gear set up before you start talking to someone or vice versa, um, where all your stuff is located, where all your backups are, where you're going to build space for a break, everything down to the minute. You can always abandon a plan and react to what's happening. Uh, but the more structured your plan is, then the more luck you're going to have. Um, the other one is your stuff. So uh, if you're going to be recording your, uh, recording your interview, then you obviously need double or triple redundancy for backup devices. Everything needs to be charged. Um, all of your batteries need to be charged. Your script needs to have a backup, and you need to actually bring your script, which we've seen go wrong before. Um, but your stuff is a really important part of that process. Um, so when we talk about plans, uh, what we also find is that people tend, uh, when they're not used to doing user research, uh, really common behavior is that people tend to um, under-design their uh, plans, and they tend to under-design their actual interviews. So generally, say you're going to find out about something, what we'll see is that people will think, well, I'll just start a conversation about this area of interest, about transport or about um, how to cook a turkey. And they'll just go in there and I'll start a conversation or I'll have three or four conversation points or, or I will have a list of questions. Um, so one thing that we've found kind of helpful uh, for, for our new researchers is uh, a process where we ask them to, on a post-it note, put down everything they expect to find on that day, even if they don't know much about it. Uh, and then we asked them to design an interview specifically around disproving all of those things. Um, that, is, that is a slightly problematic approach because you're obviously already starting to load all your biases up in there. Um, but we work on a calculation that going in there with some kind of structure, even if you abandon it, for a first-time user researcher, is generally um, less damaging than whatever problems you have with biases. Now, dealing with bias is a whole other conference in itself. It's a really complex issue, um, which I will solve for you in my last slide. But I'm not going to go into that right now. Okay, so um, this is the other piece of advice um, that we are, uh, that we, I guess this is the other behavior that we see most commonly goes wrong with new user researchers. Um, so, first of all, um, for a new researcher, having a script is really important. And for new researchers, we tend to ask them to read the script verbatim. That's partly so that everyone they're interviewing or everyone they're observing has a similar experience. But also, there's nothing worse than uh, seeing someone who's not very well organized and not confident. So don't do what I've done with the speech, which is change it at the last minute and go off handwritten notes. For new uh, researchers, what we say is, have your script and get really familiar with your script. And even if it feels kind of awkward, particularly for your first few sessions, then go through your script bit by bit and really stick close to it. Uh, it's going to make you look more confident, and that's going to give the person you're talking to more confidence. Uh, and that can really make a big difference to... Uh, to what you're doing. So, yeah, so preparing a great script is good. Bring it along, uh, which is a really common mistake that we see as part of the uh, not being prepared part, and read it. I don't want to put too much emphasis on it, but uh, for new researchers, reading the script really helps, at least until you find your feet. And I've, as I've gotten older and I've done research a few times now, um, I've actually come back towards actually reading my script pretty verbatim, whereas I used to be a lot more um, freestyle. So the worst 
I guess, offenders for the script are actually kind of guys like myself, so like white, older guys who are maybe um, a little bit used to people listening to them. And what we, and I guess, you know, maybe a little bit confident in themselves to a certain degree, and we tend to get a little bit um, engaged in the conversation. We try and be a little bit charming, and we try and engage the person. And then what happens is the verbatim that we have with person number one is completely different to the verbatim we have with person number two. Um, and for people like myself who are a little bit set in their ways, and I guess, you know, carrying around a little bit of privilege, which is kind of hard to shake. Um, it's, it can be quite difficult to rein yourself in and actually go for that consistency. But again, uh, for a first-time researcher, that's a, a really helpful thing to do. So, um, okay, if you don't read the script, this is what happens. We see it all the time. Someone that will come in and they'll get halfway through and realise they've missed up two questions. They'll backtrack. They'll try and fill those questions in, which confuses them at it, and they'll repeat a question as they go through. Just, yeah, read the script. Okay, so... This is the other thing we have. Um, it can be really hard to get good data, um, and a really useful technique for first-time researchers is to get uh, narratives or get things in the form of a story. So it even can be a little thing where instead of saying, uh, how did you get to work this morning, we ask them to phrase it as, tell me the story of how you got to work this morning, or tell me um, your worst story or your best story. And what we've found that for our particularly like younger user researchers is that if we can get something as a narrative or a story, um, the data we get from that as opposed to just... Uh, question or an open question, that's the data we actually end up using in design. So that's pretty helpful. Um, this is the other one. Uh, in the heat of the moment doing an interview or research, it just all shoots by and it's really, basically refer to Ash's talk. Uh, everything in Ash's talk can go into that slide. Um, <laughs> the main takeaway is you need to record everything and if you can, you need to get um, a transcript of what you record. Um, in the heat of the moment, yes, we always overestimate how much stuff we take in. But yeah, thanks Ash for... Um, for doing this slide for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, my big finish. Um, here's the number one thing that we tell people that are going to use the research for the first time, and we talked about the complexities of biases and the complexities of doing it, uh, and that, is, that research is actually really hard. Um, and that's fine. It takes a long time and it takes a lot of experience. So it's okay that it's hard, and you will get better at it over time, but it's only one way to learn. All right, uh, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Design Research 2017. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.